I have engaged in several spiritual practices over the years, centering prayer, meditation, walking the labyrinth, making and using prayer beads, lighting a chalice. But nothing ever really took in that I gave it my daily attention for a long period of time. Then came the invitation to participate in Wellspring with the expectation <clears throat> that I would identify and consistently follow a spiritual practice along with the Wellspring readings, small group experiences, and monthly meetings with a spiritual director. Dealing with my late husband's illnesses over the past few years had taken its toll on my spirit. I felt a little lost and yearned for a deeper connection with the divine. Prayer seemed to be a perfect spiritual practice for me. But as a universalist, where would I begin? My upbringing as a Catholic did not teach me how to pray on my own, although I was very good at memorizing the ritual prayers. The idea of writing my own prayer stymied me. I, as many Unitarian Universalists do, dove deep into my head and began the long and painstaking search for just the right words, the right prayer, the right way to write a, way, write a prayer, the right way to make the prayer mine. If only, I thought, I had the right words, the right tools, the best paper, only then could I begin to pray. In the course of my research or preparation, I picked up Reverend Kate Braystrup's book, Beginner's Grace, Bringing Prayer to Life. Kate is a Unitarian Universalist minister in Maine. In it, she describes her own journey to a prayer life and offers helpful suggestions for the beginning prayer. Kate says that since we pray, among other reasons, to reduce anxiety, and to counter self-indulgence, both of which were evident in my stymied approach, it makes sense to begin a practice of prayer by saying a prayer you already know. I settled on a modern translation of Psalm 1 by the Unitarian Universalist minister Christine Robinson. Happy are they who know good and do good, their love for the good feeds them continually. They are like trees planted along the river whose roots grow wide and deep. They thrive, bear fruit in season, and weather drought without wilting. Those who are not so grounded will blow around like dry leaves in the wind. Root yourself in good and live. To begin this new practice of prayer, I prayed this psalm every morning while walking the dog. Research studies show that it takes about 66 days of repetition before a new habit, or before a new behavior becomes habit or automatic. I think that is likely true, unless you involve a dog. After only about five mornings of this consistent walk, this became our new habit, and Quigley was pretty insistent in reminding me it's time to pray. <laughs> so off we went, dog and I, 
walking and praying our way through our Bloomington neighborhood. Over the course of the year, this daily prayer practice became a grounding point for me, and my day seemed somehow off if it didn't happen. If I were out of town on business or vacation, I still tried to do my daily prayer walk. But, walk, but praying with the dog was different. We paid lots of attention to the trees in our neighborhood, and I observed which ones were likely to thrive and which ones to watch out for in the next thunder or ice storm. Developing a daily or near-daily spiritual practice allowed my spirit to develop deep and wide roots and to weather the drought that surely came, that comes to all of us, without wilting away. After my husband's death last fall, I began to fall away from my daily practice. While I certainly prayed during those early days, the daily walk with prayer fell by the wayside, and some days all prayer seemed to vanish from my life. And this form of repetitive prayer resonated with me less and less. I was fortunate to be working with a wise and insightful spiritual director. Sitting in her quiet, sparsely furnished lavender room, she asked me simple questions and listened deeply. She asked me if perhaps in this time of grief, I simply didn't have time for God. She reminded me that grief work is intense and tiring. In effect, she gave me permission to be gentle with myself, to allow spirit to move in me as it will, and that I would find my way back to prayer, perhaps in a different form. Over the next few months, I did in fact return to prayer in several forms. I started a journal of sorts, not necessarily words, sometimes just sketching, sometimes writing out a dialogue I was having with God. I began to read more about prayer, diving deeper into Kate Braystrip's book, especially focusing on the chapters describing several ways to pray, walking, bodily prayer, words, prayer beads, journaling, even singing. During this time, my little dog began a new behavior, one I had never seen him do before Denny died. Some afternoons or evenings as I was sitting on the sofa wanting to read or knit, Quigley would crawl into my lap in such a way as to render any movement of my arms impossible. <laughs> I was forced for a time to simply be. He knew better than I, perhaps, that what I really needed was to slow all the way down to a complete stop. And stop I did. The Buddha said, don't just do something sit there. <laughs> Who knew a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel was a Buddhist? <laughs> and so sitting, just sitting with that small, warm, furry body pressed tightly to mine became a form of prayer too. But I most enjoy returning to my morning walking prayer. 
in good weather and in bad, but mostly in good, I find the beauty of creation all around me. In the faint morning sunrise, those solid sheets peeking out over the clouds, that single stalk of grass, and I say to myself over and over, this is holy, this is beyond what you can expect of things. I am nourished continually by this faith community and especially through Wellspring. My roots are growing wide and deep and my spirit will not scatter in the wind like dry leaves. I am moved to prayer in response. Amen. Amen.